It's game week in Oklahoma City. The Thunder start their 2023-24 regular season in Chicago on Wednesday. The final roster is set, and you have some bold predictions for this Thunder team. We're going to grade them all on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com, and even join our subtext, subtext.com slash Lockdown Thunder for behind the scenes look at the Thunder and the show as well. On today's show, brought to you by Game Time, we're diving into the Thunder setting their final roster, the injury report that is going to leave them having to fill a void in the front court, and we're grading your takes for this season. Again, thank you so much for making today's show your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. You can go and download the Game Time app today to create your account. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase, and the Thunder roster is finally set. So for the entire offseason, the Thunder had been carrying 21 players, the maximum amount you could carry, and there were some takes. There were some massive, massive takes from the national media that the Thunder had too many good players, they had too many good draft picks, and this this is the downside. This is the, the bad, bad part of rebuilding and compiling so many picks. There's just nowhere to put all these great players. And so teams are going to get some really great players for free. And it's just unbelievable. In review, the Thunder cut Jack White as their final roster cut. A two-way player from Denver who uh, signed for a for a, a small, small pay bump. He ends up making, I think it's like $600,000 from this, which is great. But in terms of the NBA aspect of things, it's a small pay bump. Uh, but... So they cut Jack White, who's going to end up on a two-way deal somewhere else and is not going to get a standard contract, I don't think. The Thunder whittled their roster all the way down from 21 players to 18, including two ways. And when you look at who they've moved on from, they traded Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Victor Oladipo. The Rockets still have to make a roster move to get down to uh, their roster mandate. So one of those two guys could be gone from Houston by the end of the day. They moved on from Rudy Gay, Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, and Jack White. Rudy Gay was signed by Golden State and then was cut. Why was he cut? Because the Warriors want to have two open roster spots. They want to have two open roster spots. Usman Garuba and Ty Ty Washington, after being given away three times this offseason, are now on two-way contracts. So not only did the Thunder only cut one, you know, or only move on from one player who they drafted, which is Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the second round, they got paid an abundance of second round picks to take on and move on from Victor Ladipo, Usman Garuba, Ty Ty Washington, Rudy Gay, which then, of course, kind of negates 
the assets that you poured into Jeremiah Robinson Earl, you, you at worst netted them back and you actually got more uh, than what you had to give up to get Jeremiah Robinson Earl back in his draft in 2021. But you cut one player who was on this Thunder team last year. After a full off season, you moved on from one player who was on this team last year that had a contract for this season, right? It's so like Sarge isn't here. He was a free agent. Like, like that had a contract for this season, you moved on from one player, and it was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The Thunder do not have too many good players. They don't have too many good picks. And NBA teams are, frankly, not ready to pounce on who the Thunder are moving on from. Because you know who you like more than who other teams move on from? You like your own guys more. You like the guys that you drafted. You like the guys that you signed. You want to be right. We all want to be right. And so at the end of the day, we'll see what happens with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He might make the team in Houston. He might not. At the end of the day, no one has a standard contract entering this next season. That was outright cut. Rudy Gay doesn't. Tatai Washington doesn't. Usman Gruba doesn't. Jack White doesn't. Entering the NBA regular season, nobody, the Thunder outright cut and got nothing for after the initial transaction. Because remember, they got paid to take on Rudy Gay, paid to take on Tate Washington, paid to take on Usman Garuba. They're not in the NBA. Teams were not pouncing on them. And so that all sounds like a massive kind of dig at those players. I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy of the national media, which is what you should kind of kind of uh, you know avoid getting getting kind of hyper fixated on that because like the national media is is having a very hard job to cover all 30 teams right and what they end up doing is that they just end up carving out these little lanes for them like Keith Smith's lane is just as a salary cap you know guy his lane is just like the the salary cap books and and the the, the roster building aspect of things his lane is just I'm overwhelmed by how many picks that they have. So they must be getting rid of good players and they must be having too many picks. And they must not have enough roster spots. And so he's been hammering that home all the way back since Isaiah Roby was cut. This is not anything new, but, but since you're covering all 30 teams, you've just got to have sort of catchphrases to go to crutches to go to of, of if I get asked about the thunder, I'm going to say they have too many picks and I'm worried about how they're going to manage it. That's going to be the go-to line. And so that's what that's what it was all summer long. The, the Thunder never had too many good players on their roster. They never had too many picks. They they made a couple draft selections this year, and they still were able to to again only move on from one player that the Thunder drafted, which is pretty common, right? And I like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the person. I think that he can still be a really good rotational big man. I said that the day he got traded. I'll say that again today. But he's not worth the amount of think pieces and and just Twitter threads that went on whenever the Thunder were compiling this 21-man roster, which they've done, by the way, for the last billion off-seasons. And in the midst of acquiring this 21-man roster throughout the off-season, they were getting paid to do so. So the Thunder end up making their final move. It's Jack White. Uh, and, and the Thunder roster now is finalized for opening night. It's going to be SGA, Josh Giddy, Michich, Kaysen Wallace, Trey Mann, Isaiah Joe. Those are your, your guards, so to say. J-Dub, Lou Dort, Kenny Hustle, Aaron Wiggins, Usman Jang are kind of like your, your wings. And then you got you got Chet, Poku, J-Will, Bertans as your bigs. 
And then your three two-way guys, Kante Johnson, Olivier Saar, Lindy Waters the third. Now, coming up on this season, as, as the regular season looms here on Wednesday, and we'll see what, what practice has for us today and tomorrow, but as of this moment, you know, Jay Will is dealing with a hamstring injury. As of this moment, Kenny Hustle dealing with back spasms. As of this moment, while Poku's accelerating, he's still dealing with that ankle injury. So, you know, for the initial start of this season, the Thunder are going to have to figure out how to fill this void in the front court. Now, the Thunder really trust Olivier Saar. And the, the players trust him. Mark trusts him. And he's playing He's playing the way that he played in the G League. Now, now I, I think that the way he's playing, um, because it's coming from a guy who, who you're not really expecting uh, to be good, it's kind of overwhelming some fans. Olivier Saar is just a very serviceable big man, which is good. Like that, That's not a knock on Olivier Saar, but he's not playing out of this world, uh, and he's not playing bad. He's, he's just being a serviceable big, big, serviceable big man. I will say this. For Olivier Saar to be your break glass in case of emergency two-way guy that like right now when you're dealing with three injuries in the front court, now you got to throw him in there. There's not many more guys that you would trust than Olivier Saar because not only does he have talent and has some mobility, some, some skill, some activity, not only does he have like that some of that talent, but he's been he's been integrated into this team for so long that he knows how guys want to play. He knows, you know, what the objectives are throughout the game. Like he understands how to play in this system. So that being being understanding on the same page with everyone is also an added bonus. But Olivier Saar, he's he's gonna have ups, he's gonna have downs, uh, he, he just like every other player. And and he's been here for a while and he's and he's up there in age, I think he's like 24, but he still is extremely long young in terms of NBA games played. So that that's going to hold him back a little bit uh, if he's if he's still forced into heavy duty uh, throughout the start of the season as he was in the preseason. Uh, Dallas Bertans is another name where like yes, you have to manage, you know, not letting him play 75% of games, but you can front load some of those games uh especially right now whenever you're dealing with uh, uh such injuries. The issue with him is of course going to be uh battling to keep him on the floor defensively, but I think that the Thunder could figure out a way to, to carve out a defensive lineup that would allow him to stay on the floor uh, despite some of those deficiencies. Uh, but this is going to be a tough stretch. Like This is going to be a very tough stretch to, to uh, for however long that you're missing Kenrich Williams and what he brings to the team uh, just as a versatile weapon, as a guy who can play the wing, a guy who can play the small ball five and really thrived at the small ball five last year, not to mention the leadership and energy that Kenny Hustle brings. Jay Will, who is you know, who's starting big man last year and is off to a fantastic start this year. looks like a breakout year for him before the hamstring injury. Jay will is huge for this team. And then Poku, like you're going to be missing a lot for however long that those three guys are down for. And you look at this upcoming schedule. So upcoming schedule, they start in Chicago at the bulls on Wednesday. Then they go to Cleveland and play the Cavs. And the Cavs of course have Evan Mobley. They have, uh, Jaron Allen, they, they have these, these double bigs. And if these guys aren't, aren't ready, if these guys aren't healthy, maybe you see Mark get crazy and, and go with the, the star chat lineups uh, in the regular season, like, like for a extended run against the Cavs. I'd, I'd be interested to see if the injury report remains the same, like these three guys are out uh, for Cleveland. I'd be interested to see how they handle that. Then you come home for the home opener and life does not get any easier for you. You got, uh, Jokic and the Nuggets. You've got you've got uh, uh, Zeke. You've got all these guys like in Denver who 
possess kind of the same kind of length and skill and, and versatility and, and just size with the MVP best player in the world in Nikola Jokic. Then you play the Pistons. And, and the Pistons are by no means where the Thunder are at talent-wise, but you know what they do have is a lot of big man depth, and you've seen that over the last couple of preseason games. Again, the results in those games don't matter. The Thunder, the Thunder thoroughly outplayed the Pistons uh, in the preseason. It's just a matter of at the end of the game, they let go of the rope because they weren't playing their regular guys. And so like the end of the bench guys let go of the rope and they lost the games. But still, uh, it's going to be difficult to navigate that size a little bit. And then you play the Pelicans, who have the you know Zion effect, who, who's healthy right now. Uh, you have the Jonas Valanciunas. And so out of the shoot, you're going to play the Bulls, Cavs, Nuggets, Pistons, Pelicans. First five games. From, from Wednesday to Wednesday, you're playing Bulls, Cavs, Nuggets, Pistons, Pelicans. This is, this is an unforgiving schedule uh, for having limited big men if these guys aren't healthy. Now, this is a moot point if we find out today at practice or tomorrow at practice that, th- that these guys have now been on the mend. But nonetheless, they're going to have to figure out how to fill that void. And it's going to be up to Olivier Saar on a two-way deal. It's going to be up to Davis Bertans uh, to, to try to get it done. Uh, because even, even trying to play small, your best small ball five, Kenny Hustle, is also out. Like So so it, it's just going to be tough to, to, to navigate for this, this stretch. However, none of these injuries are very serious. If they do have to navigate it, it'd be at worst, I think, for that five-game stretch and nothing past that. It's just probably not even going to take – uh, all five games to get them back, but we'll have to wait and see on that and for confirmation on that uh, later on. But coming up, we're going to grade your takes. What have you been sitting on all off season? You let it all out. You let out questions and you let out opinions of what you think will happen this Thunder season. We're going to grade them. We're going to answer them coming up. But first, I want to say right now, I've got good friends over at Game Time. You're going to want to get on the Game Time train right freaking now. You want to know why? Because this Thunder team is going to be incredibly fun. And you're going to want to experience the Paycom Center coming back to life, getting Loud City Energy back. You're going to want to experience that and watch this team for yourself. And the season is a, has a front-loaded home schedule and a ton, a ton of great players coming through. So not to mention just the Thunder's young core, right out of the gate, you get to see, you get to see Jokic. You get to see Zion. You get to see Steph and the Warriors. You get to see Victor Manyama and the Spurs. Like You get to see all these guys right out of the shoot in the first month of the season and in the first week of the season uh, for, in terms of your home opener uh, week. You get to see them guys. You get to see Trey Young and the Hawks. Like You get to see a lot of great teams. And what game time does for you is give you the best prices, lowest tickets, best seats guaranteed, including on last-minute tickets. So they have last-minute tickets. They have flash deals. They have zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets of every kind for your event in your area. You get a view from your seat when you purchase it. Uh, and and you know, before you purchase it, you get a view from your seat to see if that's the one you want. Lowest prices guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all the protections for you to go check it out today at game time. And so if you're living around Oklahoma City and you can just even walk to the game or, or it's a short drive to the game and then you're kind of hem-hawing around each night, like, you know, there's 41 games. Do I want to go to this game tonight? Pull up the game time app and see what the prices are like because they have the lowest prices on last minute tickets guaranteed. So you can make that split time game time decision over there at the game time app. Use the code locked in NBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's the game time app. Create an account. Use code locked in NBA for $20 off your first purchase.
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, I asked for your takes on the Thunder and your questions about the Thunder entering this season, and you guys delivered. We'll talk about this one first from Jimmy Minns. If everything goes right this season, What's the ceiling for this Thunder team? And Jimmy says that everything going right would mean there's no injuries, that there's a rookie of the year season for Chet, that there's continued progression from Josh Giddy and J-Dub, and another all-NBA season from SGA. So, you know, we can debate. I don't think that Chet can have a rookie of the year season in the sense of winning it. I think that he can absolutely have it in terms of production, but I think that you're already seeing in the preseason, right? Victor has to just roll out of bed and he's going to win rookie of the year. He's going to have the votes for rookie of the year, but I get your point. Rookie of the year season, I'll I'll amend this and say rookie of the year caliber season, that level of production uh, and even arguably outperforming production wise Victor uh, in this season, but Victor still gets the award. Everything goes right. The ceiling for this team to me is a, is a, is a three seed like the Kings were last year. Uh, in that kind of mold, uh, I think it'll feel a bit different than the Kings felt. Like the, like the Kings uh, run was awesome and it was special. And, and, and I'm sure that for, for Matt George of Lockdown Kings and for the city of Sacramento, uh, it, it, was, it was serendipitous. But if this Thunder team, with this core, made that same run, it'd feel different nationally. It would feel certainly like an arrival of a, of a potential dynasty. There's not that kind of talk around Sacramento. So I, I think if everything went right for the 82-game stretch, you could get a top three seed in the West in, in, in a very, very, very tough Western Conference. But that takes everything going right. And you're banking on a ton there. Because the you know even down to the SGA All-NBA season, like SGA is going to have to learn to play with these guys. And I think it's going to be fine. I think that they're going to figure it out. I think that they're going to... They're going to pretty well uh, gel right out of the gate, but you know that's still a prediction. That's still a that's still a guess. That's not a guarantee. So there's a lot of guesses. There's not a lot of guarantees in the West for me. Uh, going through the, compiling tomorrow's um, uh, NBA preview show in the East, I feel like I, I I have the ten teams I want. It's just a matter of like messing around with where they're seated at. But it's the, it's the ten teams in the West. You're you're leaving out a few names where I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't really want to leave them out of the of the postseason, but you got to make a decision. And then and then from there, the seeding gets even harder and even more difficult. Like, is this team really a play-in team? I feel like the East is more defined. It's just some little nuances of where to put guys on this on this seeding table. But in the West, like it is just a mess. So if they come out of this mess, everything goes right and they're a top three seed ceiling, that's a really great season. It's a great season. Uh, from from Surly, talk me out of signing up for NBA League Pass. I can't do that uh, because I think that this year in the NBA will be one of the most fun seasons we've had in a long time because of the unpredictability. Like typically, you know, you can get handed an NBA preview and there's just things you know aren't going to happen. And you can see people predict something and you're just like, Come on now. That is just a head-scratching, idiotic prediction. 
in the Western Conference, there's a billion combinations of things that you can predict to, predict to happen. And I might say, I don't personally see it, but I can't just be like, oh, just totally dismiss it. And that's what's going to make this season fun is to see how it all shakes out. So I personally have League Pass. I love it. Uh, it, it. Well, hold on. I love the idea of League Pass. League Pass sometimes does not work. Oftentimes does not work depending on what device you're on. Uh, so you gotta you gotta factor that into to the equation too. But I love the idea of League Pass, and and I love watching it every single night, even with the the glitches that happen most nights. Uh, but I love I still watch it every single night. Uh, it's great, and I and I am so interested in a ton of a ton of teams this year for the NBA. Uh, at Morgan Workman. Hot take, Joel Embiid ends up in the OKC Thunder jersey as Sam Presti works his magic at the deadline. This is a five on the pepper scale. Reminder, when I'm grading your takes, five is the hottest, hottest, hottest pepper in the world. One is like a barely a jalapeno, I guess, would be like the lowest level of, of pepper. But nonetheless, this is a five. First of all, trading for Joel Embiid uh, is, is still a hot take, but... Trading from the deadline, like those those deals typically don't get done at the deadline. You saw Kevin Durant last year at the deadline. It's been done before, but typically these are these are easier to do uh, in the offseason, in the summertime, than they are to do at the deadline. Uh, and I just don't see this one happening uh, for the Thunder. Now, Hayden says the Thunder will win under their win total because it takes until the All-Star break to stop experimenting with rotations. Mark loves to try new lineups, and we will see uh, more mixing up this year. Uh, with Wallace, Michich, Bertans, Kinrich, J. Will, Poku coming back. Uh, it takes 200-plus minutes to get a feel for plus-minus uh, level uh, lineup efficiencies. The Thunder, I don't think, are ever going to stop tinkering with rotations. Like I, I think that they're going to always be tinkering with rotations. Uh, I would be surprised if they if they didn't play 10, 12 guys Wednesday in, in Chicago even. So to me, the difference here is than past years is the Thunder are just going to more talented guys. Frankly, the Thunder just have more talent than they used to. And so when Mark is going to explore and and shuffle through the Rolodex of the roster and go find five guys to play at a certain time, they're just better than they were. And I think the opposite of this, uh, I, I'm not going to grade this on the pepper scale because like I can't call this a hot take or anything. It, it's just like, I see your point. I'm just personally on the opposite. I think that this is. I think that this is a. This is a well thought out, smart take. It's just for me personally. I view it in the opposite lens of the Thunder have so much depth and so much talent that throughout the course of an 82 game season, if you're only reliant on eight guys, for example, if you're only reliant on eight guys who you trust and that's all you're going to play, if those eight guys don't have it that night, you're cooked. You're cooked. And for the Thunder, who are willing to not only experiment with rosters and lineups, not only you know play 12 guys, but they're also not even tied to their core members. In a preseason game, Mark sat J-Dub to start the second half and then put him back in because he has to learn and has to, has to adjust and have to get the feel for when they change the lineup at halftime. You saw last year on a, on a less talented team where there were games where Josh Goody Games where Lou Dort didn't close out games. And now that's going to be better players that, that are filling those roles. And again, going back to the original point I was trying to make, you know, with, with if you're relying on eight, eight guys, there's going to be nights throughout the season where they just don't have it. They're just not good. But if you can turn that on its head and see how talented this team is, 
I'm hard to think of a situation or a, or a scenario, and it's going to happen, but at the moment right now, I'm hard to think of a scenario where you can't shuffle through the roster and find five or six guys who can play that night and play at a high level that night because of how much confidence you've got to have in this team when fully healthy. Now, injuries are going to happen, which is going to diminish, diminish some of your depth. Uh, there's going to be nights where just no one has it. It's just, it's just a schedule loss. You're playing on a second night of back-to-back, on a home road back-to-back. There's going to be nights like that. But, like, in general, I don't think that I'd take the under on win total just because they're going to experiment with rotations. I think they're going to do that throughout the entire season from the word go to the final gun. So Roy says, do you feel Lou Dort will be traded if the Thunder can get a veteran guard in exchange uh, to better uh, to better the development of the team for the playoffs? So no, I think that the Thunder love Lou Dort, trust Lou Dort. I think that they're going to give him this entire season to, to, to kind of show what he can do. And, and, and it's kind of a make or break year in the sense of there's, there's never going to be a better roster scenario than there is right now for Lou Dort. And if he still isn't efficient as a player offensively, then you've got to start to make some tough decisions and some tough conversations. So I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, I also think that like playoff wise, Lou Dort's proven to be a good playoff player. Now it's a small sample size because he's only been there his rookie year in the bubble and uh, in the in the play in this year. But you look at that game in New Orleans, you look at that game seven against Houston and, and that whole series against Houston for the most part. Ludor plays his best basketball in those in those kind of scenarios. So like I, I, I think that it would I think that like Ludor is fine in the playoffs. It's just getting him to be more efficient. Uh, Smokey Bear says that hot take you said Chet will average two blocks. I did this season. I think they'll average three blocks per game if we're rounding up. So that would mean that he has to, I mean, hold on. Technically, and I'm not, now I'm not a mathematician, never claimed to be. I went to school in Lawton, Oklahoma. So take that for what you know. I mean, math was by no means my strong suit, but by the rule of rounding up, 2.6 would round to three. Let's do some basketball math. You've heard of girl math, you've heard of, you've heard of all these other maths. Let's do some basketball math. I'll grant you this take if if you admit or, or or agree that you can't round up on basketball blocks per game unless it's 2.8 or 2.9. Then I'll say it's still a hot take. It's still like four peppers, but I'd give it I'd give it more of a look than if you just said like, oh, technically if it's 2.6, I can round up. Now that might not be how the roundup rule works at all, and I might have been lied to my whole life, but to my knowledge, that's how it works. And I think that that'd be silly to grant you that that opinion. But nonetheless, nice. I, uh, three blocks would be tremendous. From at Reed or Red Rappaport, if our three-point game from the preseason is a clue to what's coming this season, SGA is going to have is going to look so easy. Uh, SGA ball is going to look so easy while we're torching opponents from the arc. Top three and field goal uh, and three-point percentage made and whatever else. Uh, with this three-point percentage stuff. So the Thunder were top 10 and three-pointers made in three-point uh, percentage. And that would be great for the Thunder long-term. Of course, they've always needed to get better at three-point shooting. So, I, you know, I, I agree. Like, if you shoot the three-ball better, your offense is going to look easy and it's going to look better. And it's going to look more efficient. So I totally agree. Now, coming up, we still have takes about the bench unit, about what the Thunder are going to do when loss-wise and more. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel is great. And... It's right now the perfect time to start using FanDuel. I'm going to tell you why. 
So FanDuel is not only America's number one sports book, but right now for new customers, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. And you can bet on the spread, player props, over-unders, parlays, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because not only has the NFL season kicked off, not only is college football in full swing, but the NBA is here. The NBA is here. College basketball is right around the corner, right around the bend. Hockey, if you're into that, is right here, right now. It's already happening. And so at FanDuel, you can bet on all of those things. You can bet on everything from hockey to, of course, the NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball. And so go there right now, Wednesday, in Chicago. As of this moment, the Thunder are one-and-a-half-point underdogs in Chicago. If you think the Thunder will start out 1-0, go hammer that at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Garrett asks, which player are you expecting to make the most impact with the bench unit? Isaiah Joe will make a huge impact. I think that Michich will have a big impact, but ultimately, I would say, I would say Kendrick Williams like, has the biggest overall impact because of his versatility. Joe, Michich, like Jay Will, like those are going to be the guys that make that impact for the bench unit. Uh, House of Wigs. Chet has a legit chance to win Defensive Player of the Year, depending on how successful the regular season pans out. I would say it would depend your definition of legit chance. Like, if you think it's like he has a chance to be top five in deep boy voting or better, I, I would kind of agree with that. I, I would agree with that. I think that's a good take. I, I think that, like, even though he's a rookie, he's a big man, which which always gets the benefit uh, in terms of uh, – and always gets the benefit in terms of like uh, depoy voting. The Thunder team defense has been really good since Mark's taken over and will get even better this year with what they've added to this team. And so I would agree. Like, like if you if you think this would be like the top 10, like he has a legit chance. Now, top three is a little bit harder, and I'd, and I'd put that closer to a five than not. But top top 10, top five, uh, I, I think is tracking House of Wicks. Good, good, good job. House of Wicks knows ball. Uh, the scoop says, will Jada have the opportunity to score 20 points per game? Um, opportunity as in this season. I, I wouldn't see it happening this season necessarily. Opportunity as in throughout his entire Thunder tenure, I think he would. Uh, uh, the scoop says a lot of mouths to feed. I don't think it's possible. I, I think it's possible to score 20 points per game. I wouldn't I wouldn't fully root, uh, uh, rule it out this season uh, because he, he, at the end of last year, he was averaging like, what, 19 points per game? At the end of last year, after the uh, All-Star break, it's a very small sample size, of course, I know. Uh, I, I don't think it'll make a six-point-per-game improvement this year because uh, not a lot of players do that. But I, I do think it is possible uh, in the next couple of years for J-Dub, even on this team, even with all the mouths to feed, to average 20 points per game. Uh, Russell asks, is J-Will or Dort going to be a bench a better starter for the Thunder? So I assume that you just accidentally said J-Will and because and, he's not starting. So I assume you mean J-Dub or Dort will be the better starter. Uh, I think that J-Dub is the better player right now and the better starter right now for the Thunder. Uh, J-Will, of course, is not starting. It's going to be J-Dub. But I understand it gets confusing whenever you're typing it all out. Uh, Grant says, will the Thunder lose a game this season? Uh, let me think. Will the Thunder lose a game this season? Hmm. Gosh, you guys asked the hard-hitting questions. Grant, chief among them. 
<sighs> Bravely, I'm going to say yes. I know it's a hot take. They'll drop a game. John says, which of the, of the three two-way players do you think is the most likely to be upgraded, uh, I assume you mean converted uh, to, to a standard contract and be in their rotation for possible playoff minutes? Okay, so like most likely to be converted, I think would be um, Keontae Johnson. I think he's really good, man. I, I think Keontae Johnson's really a good basketball player. The issue is going to be, of course, finding finding the way to do that. Uh, it can be done when we'll discuss that as the time's appropriate. But you know, it, it can be done in the sense of like if you if you trade Bertans uh, for just a pick or something, or, or or a more cuttable contract. Like like remember one of the Thunder traded for Kaziak Pala at the deadline and just cut them and then use that, that spot for, for uh, other things like that. That'd be an option. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it can be done. You can trade Trey man for a couple seconds or, or, or trade someone else for a couple seconds later on down the season, closer to the deadline, but it's going to be hard, of course, to, to, to get the roster spot to, to convert these guys. But um, I think that they, I think that they would trust in the, in the playoffs, Lindy more than they would Keontae, but I think that Keontae is a better player. Uh, Jacob G says, where will the Rockets, Jazz, and Clippers picks land in the upcoming draft? I think that the Jazz, look, the, the Mavericks had the same thing last year. Not the exact same thing, because of course the Mavericks were trying to be a lot better and were trying to go all in. And like they they, they have Luka and they went out and got Kyrie and there's by no means thought that they'd have to pack it in. But despite trying all season long, the Mavericks were still able to pack it in and get the 10th pick and keep their pick because it was also top 10 protected and it was also owed to someone else, owed to the Knicks for the Mavericks. So for the Jazz being top 10 protected, I just have a bad feeling that like that pick's not going to convey because I think that they can just ride that line as they did last year and the Jazz also packed it in last year. They can just ride that line, ride that wave, and then at the end of the year, pack it up, we're done. Not going to make it this year. Uh, and then they, they they land in the top 10. Now, of course, the lottery can throw a huge wrench into this, but uh, I'm not sure that the Jazz pick will convey. Uh, Rockets pick, I think, will be anywhere from, from five to nine, and it'll fall right in that lane. Hopefully, of course, without any severe lottery luck. And then the Clippers... It's tough to tell them the Clippers because, like, you, you can't predict injury even though, like, it, it feels like, you know, the Clippers have injuries all the time and they do have injuries all the time. You don't want to predict them. And so, like, the Clippers pick is the biggest wild card in all of this. But it's unprotected, so that's great. It can land literally anywhere and the Thunder get it, so that's awesome. Uh, the Thunder – and then uh, Matto says the Thunder won't be a playing team. They'll jump straight into the playoffs. I'm going to give that a – 3.8 out of 5. It's not crazy, but in the Western Conference, that's that's a that's a very, very uh, kind of out there take. So we're going to go to our next few questions here and wrap this thing up. We have gone a little bit long today, but don't tell anyone. It's all right. Well, if the bosses are listening, it's not all right. I feel terrible about it. I know I'll get it right next time. But if they're not listening, don't tell them. Now, Frosty says... Who gets traded first, Mitrich or Man? And what is the realistic trade that you would see happening for them? I don't think that Mitrich will get traded. And and like Trey Man, Trey Man, like realistically, like the the trade that would happen for Trey Man would just be like if if this thing starts to go the way it projects to go, right? Like if Trey Man can't crack the rotation in the regular season, can't uh, you know play 
real minutes for the Thunder, it might just be best for everyone involved, including Trey himself, to get traded to a team that can give him minutes, especially if you start to see um, holes pop up on other rosters where, like, maybe a guy's out for six or so weeks. Like, things can change. Like, like look at Memphis. Like, Memphis last night, got uh, last yesterday morning, got huge news that, that Stephen Adams is now out for the entire season, and now they're scrambling to go pick somebody up and go find a way to fill that void that's left behind by Adams being out. So, like, if that sort of thing happens to someone else that needs a guard – the Thunder have an abundance of guards that, and they still can't play Trey Mann, then maybe you just say, hey, for Trey's sake, let's get him somewhere else. Like I think that he could be traded. Ultimately, though, I just have to predict what's going to happen in the trade market. I don't think that Meechers will be traded, though, at all this year. So uh, that's where I would say is the most likely to happen, and what the return would be would be like a like a second-round pick, maybe even a fake second-round pick for Trey Mann, but a second-round pick or something something in that range. It's just a tough, It's just a tough call to make because – you drafted in the first round, you have that kind of sunken cost fallacy type thing with him. But ultimately, it might be best for everyone involved for him to be traded. But he gets a chance. He gets another chance, though. Like, like that's the thing. Trey Man will get another chance. He'll start clean this year, and it might click. You could go to Chicago. You could go to Cleveland. You could go to any of these games, and it just all of a sudden clicks. And then you've also got to navigate an entire season. So, like right now. It looks to be there's an abundance of, of guards and an abundance of good players. In a matter of a week, you saw Kenrich have back spasms. You saw Jay will have a hamstring injury. And then you saw previously, of course, Poku is still not back from his ankle injury he suffered before training camp. It's like in a matter of a week, three of your guys that are heavily in your front court rotation are just on the shelf for now. That can happen at any time, in any position, anywhere in the league. And especially can happen, you know, just throughout the course of a of a season where you're playing back-to-backs and three games and four nights. So, like, at some point this year, Trey Mann will get his chance in, in, in the rotation and get to play for the Thunder. What's he going to do with it? We'll see. He could take it and run with it. He could uh, look like he looked last year. We'll just have to wait and see on that. But of the two, I say that uh, I say that Mann is the most likely to be moved and the return would not be anything to write home about. It would just be for him to get a fresh start and, and a, an opportunity to showcase that he can be a good player. Because I think that Trey Mann, the last point on Trey Mann, some, some people kind of confused why you move on from Jack White, not Trey Mann. Trey Mann can be, like Trey Mann has more talent and more skill than Jack White. Uh, Trey Mann has more upside than Jack White. Trey Mann still can be a lethal scorer in the NBA, especially off the bench, especially as a microwave spark plug player. The bottom line is the ball has to find the bottom of the net for Trey Mann eventually. We keep saying this about his scoring, Eventually, it's got to find the bottom of the net, and that might be this year. And if it is this year, uh, then it's the perfect timing for him. And he did get his contract picked up, uh, his contract option picked up for next year. So he has a guaranteed contract in the NBA next year. Uh, you know, I should say guaranteed money in the NBA next year. Uh, so that's great for him as well, personally. And let's just see if that kind of takes some pressure off of him, if that kind of allows him to um, play freer. You know, you, you have, the, you have the, the burden of making the team off of you now. So let's see what he looks like this year. So until tomorrow, where we're going to preview the entire NBA season, Western standings, Eastern standings, awards, everything else. You can drop your standings and, and, and previews below as well. Until then, be good and be good to one another.